Hello, and welcome to episode 18 of Digitalization Tech Talks, the podcast series that addresses digitalization in the process industries from a where the rubber meets the road perspective. My name is Don Mack. Jonas Narinder and I will be your hosts on today's show. Well, sort of, and I'll get back to that in a minute. But first, let's talk a little bit about today's topic. Having good alarm management in a process automation system is critical to safe and productive plant operations. The alarm management system is what provides a layer of protection between normal operations where you're making product and higher level safety mechanisms, such as safety instrumented systems, relief valves, plant, community, emergency response, all the things you hope don't ever have to happen. So that alarm layer in the middle is really important. And it's also an area worth reviewing from the standpoint of data analysis, as many alarm management implementations have room for improvement and analytics can help to expose those areas. Before we explore this topic anymore, let's check in with our co-host, Jonas, to see what his thoughts are on the topic. Jonas? Yes, Don, I definitely agree that alarm management is a critical issue in all process plants because, you know, for some of the reasons that you mentioned already. But I'd like to add that good alarm management practices are really important also from an operator point of view because alarm flooding, irrelevant or maybe even nuisance alarms, they can contribute to operators becoming fatigued. And you don't want to get to the point where an operator ignores an alarm because of visual, visual overload as that could potentially lead to some really dangerous scenarios. And of course, nobody wants that. So I'm really looking forward to addressing these topics with our guests. And yes, I did say guests in plural. Yes, Jonas, we actually do have two guests today. And actually, I'm going to be one of the two guests. So that comment I made earlier about co-hosting, that's the reason why. Our, our, Our second guest is Ethan Cook. Ethan is a technical consultant with Siemens Digital Industries with significant background in DCS project engineering, including alarm management implementation. Ethan, welcome to the show. We're looking forward to exploring the world of alarm management with you today. Happy to be here, Don. This is a topic that I talk to our customers regularly about and definitely an area that every process plant can make improvements in. I'm looking forward to today's discussion. Well, great. Well, with that, I'm going to move from my host seat to the guest seat. Jonas, can you please take the hosting duties from here? Absolutely, I will. Thank you very much, Don. Um, I want to start with the basics. Uh, as we always try to do, tell me a little bit about alarm management and what it is. Ethan, if you want to go ahead and start, please. Sure. So alarm management has many components, but in short, it's the ongoing process of assessing and optimizing the usability of an alarm system. This is typically guided by national and international standards. The ultimate goal is to allow the operators to focus on the daily functions of running the plant without unnecessary time and energy spent responding to constant alerts and messages that ultimately weren't needed. Uh, The purpose of an alarm system is to guide the human interaction with the control system in order to maintain a safe and efficient production process. You can have all the alarms and whistles you want, but if a human can't react properly to it, it does you no good. Many plant operators feel overloaded with alarms and messages, which can directly affect their ability to respond to critical alarm situations. Alarm management is the solution to this problem. I'm glad to hear that there is a solution to that problem for sure. Now that we have a a basic understanding of alarm management, let's talk about the justification for why alarm management is is a topic worthy of discussion, because Aren't good alarm management practices and systems already in place with most process automation systems? Well, it would be great if that were the case, Jonas, but unfortunately not. 
prior to the introduction of the DCS several decades ago now, it was really expensive to add an alarm as this would mean purchasing and installing equipment. You'd actually have to physically install a piece of equipment to add a new alarm. The DCS has made it very easy to add alarms simply with a few clicks and, and a little bit of configuration. Initially, this was great as any new requested alarms could be added cost effectively and pretty much immediately. But over time, it became a problem, it has become a problem as systems began to include too many alarms. And the fact is today, many systems include alarms they don't really need. And that's definitely led to some issues. That's a great point, Don. It has become so easy to enable many alarms for each and every process value in a system. Common message classes that are typically used are alarms, warnings, and tolerances. And when a system is being set up, it may seem appealing to a user to set values for all the highs and lows for each of these. That's six messages just for a single analog value. Now imagine a scenario where the actual behavior of that analog value in the system is to regularly go from a good value and jump very quickly to the value that's set as the alarm level each time. This essentially obsoletes the tolerance and warning values, but they still show up on the alarm summary and create an even more crowded visual for the operator to respond to. That's just one example of how good intentions with setting up alarm levels initially can lead to unexpected overloading of the operator. So the way that both of you explained uh, some of the issues with alarm management, I think makes it very clear that it needs to be done the right way. But how does alarm management that fit into the context of digitalization, which is obviously the topic of this podcast, so we want to make sure we cover that, we cover that angle every time. Uh, so where does alarm management fit into the context and where does it help address the challenges that you just described? Sure, Jonas, I can take that one. Uh, one of the key benefits of digitalization, as we regularly discuss on the podcast, is the ability to analyze large amounts of data and convert that data into useful information from which we want to gain knowledge. And then that knowledge we can use to make actionable decisions to make improvements to operations, maintenance, whatever happens to be, in this case, operations. In the case of alarm overload, uh, the alarm overload situation Ethan covered, the alarm history can be analyzed and, and bad actors will surface, the ones that are causing us the problems. And once this identification is done, adjustments can be made to the control system's alarm management that may include removing an unnecessary alarms and optimizing other alarm settings. And in addition to that, international standards such as uh, ISA's 18.2 standard or the IEC 62682 standard and guidelines such as EMU 191 have been developed over the past several decades to detail important KPIs and improve guidance for manufacturers in the process industries to help with their alarm management systems. And some of this guidance includes an alarm management lifecycle that covers the initial setup, as well as ensuring that the improvements that are made during that setup are maintained throughout the production uh, lifecycle. By adding process event analysis, the ongoing monitoring and assessment phase of the alarm management lifecycle is met. And this will help to reduce risk and improve the operator's experiences during normal, excuse me, during abnormal situation handling. So what are some of the specific alarm management key performance indicators or KPIs that should be included in a process event analysis to make it most efficient and beneficial for the people using it? So Don mentioned the international standards and the guidelines and Really, most of the KPIs that we want to see in one of these systems are guided by those. Um, so a lot of examples include 10-minute um, increments. So we'll have KPIs for 
uh, alarms per 10 minutes per operator, uh, maximum number of alarms per 10 minutes, the percentage of 10 minute periods containing more than 10 alarms. Um, we also look at average event rate per day and per hour, um, the percentage of the total load that uh, is coming from the 10 most frequent alarms. And then we also look at um, different types of alarms. So chattering alarms and standing and stale alarms, they all have kind of a, a target of this is how many you should have in a, in a well-balanced control system. Um, we also look at the percent of time that a system's in a flooded state, um, as well as the alarm priority or the type distribution um, and making sure that that's balanced as well. When we were talking before about alarms and warnings and tolerances, you want to make sure that those fit a certain balance of percentages within your message system. So quite an extensive list of key performance indicators, but having uh, all these KPIs, I'm sure it is a great idea uh, and there's also a lot of value in it from what from what both of you are describing. The question is, how do you then integrate these along with uh, with a new or even an existing facility? Because if we kind of look at the, the landscape of process plants, not just here in the US, but I'm assuming a similar situation globally, there's a lot more existing brownfield facilities out there than greenfield projects. How does that a system process analysis system like that, how does that get implemented in these scenarios? Yeah, that's a good question, Jonas, um, and, and you're right. Most of what's out there is not uh, new plants being built. It's the existing ones and, and trying to implement some of this in those plants. Um, well, first of all, just to address that greenfield uh, situation, if you do have that, that's great. You can you can use all of these guidances and standards and tools right from the beginning. But when you don't have that, which is, again, most of the case, um, the systems these systems are excellent at capturing alarm and event data that we can utilize as part of a process event analysis. And, and when we're talking brownfield, um, which, which, you know, again, that, that's most of the applications out there. The data that, that we need to do an evaluation like this is likely already available. And this facilitates getting started very quickly. And the other thing that's important is that uh, the analysis tools should be vendor agnostic so that they can be applied to a variety of automation systems. Uh, what we find with a lot of our customers is that they have systems from more than one supplier. And, and it makes things easier for them if a single tool can be used across their suppliers rather than having to use individual tools for each one. And I'd like to talk about some personal experience that I've had actually implementing uh, some of these systems at different sites so far. Um, the data collection process can go from completely automated and hands-off to requiring almost all manual steps. So if we're talking about uh, a Siemens system in this example, there is a data collector module that lives on the OS servers and continuously collects the message data that's coming in. Uh, this includes things like the message ID, timestamp, priority, class, type, area, message text, duration, and status of the message. Uh, all this data is stored on another PC on the network where it can either be directly connected to the cloud for secure automatic upload, or it could be manually moved to an internet connected PC where the data can then be uploaded in bulk by the user. Um, when dealing with other vendors control systems, also being supported. Um, in these cases, we require the message data from the system to be massaged a little bit um, into a compatible CSV file before it is manually uploaded to the cloud. In any of these architectures, the application is hosted in the cloud, 
and accessed via a web browser. As far as the visualization goes, once you're in the dashboard, there's a performance and KPI overview page. We can get an idea of the overall performance of the alarm system, as well as an analysis page where you can really dig into the data. On the analysis page, there's a sort of toolbox of different focused views to allow you to tackle different aspects of alarm management. For example, there's a view for reviewing and targeting the top 10 sources of alarms. Uh, this is a great area to start to make a large impact with a small amount of work. There are also views where you can target chattering alarms and standing alarms. These are often the types of alarms that cause a lot of that nuisance and wasted time for the operators and can make a huge impact on their quality of life day to day running the plant. Other views in the analysis dashboard include uh, alarm flood data, event type distribution data, and what we call event chains. So event chains are groups of recurring sequential messages that are detected and displayed to allow the user to identify things such as redundant alarms or opportunities to use smart alarm hiding techniques to reduce cluttered alarm displays during certain sequences, such as cleaning a tank, for example. So once you have all this data available, it's been analyzed, it's been visualized in simple ways that you just explained, uh, Ethan, and you have the or the end user has a result of the analysis. What's what's the next steps? I'm I'm mostly thinking here about whether the changes of the analysis or that uh, that are being recommended recommended through the analysis are those changes made to the DCS alarm management system uh, manually or are they done automatically? I know you touched on that a little bit before, but could you just clarify what is the preferred method if there even is such a thing as a preferred method? Yeah, I would say manual implementation is the preferred uh, way of dealing with control systems. Uh, typically, we don't want an external tool going in and making changes directly to our automation systems. Uh, after a user has used the tools and decided on a specific action to take to improve a specific area of the alarm system, uh, such as changing a limit on a high warning or removing a redundant alarm, it's up to them to manually implement the change in the DCS system. Okay. There's no connection or link between the analysis tool and the process plant that would allow automatic implementation of an improvement. Um, this is partly to ensure safety and security of the system. Yeah, okay, that, that definitely makes sense. So um, how would an end user then get started on this whole process event analysis topic? What would be the first thing they would do? Yeah, so what's really important is to, um, even, even before you employ any uh, alarm analysis tools like this, is to make sure that you have a good alarm system in, in, in place. And it can definitely, by, by doing some analysis, you can, you can, that can help with that, but that's not its main intention. So one of the first questions I'd ask is, has an alarm rationalization been completed? Um, when you look at the international standards and guidelines, you'll find a lot of direction and, and recommendation around that. So it, if it hasn't, then, then implement it. Look at the standards, guidelines. They can explain how to do that. Um, again, process event analysis can, can help provide some of the data to assist with that. It, it isn't its focus, but it can help with that. And um, if a company doesn't have in-house expertise to complete this, uh, there are tools and consultants that can assist with that. As part of that rationalization, a question might come up, is there an alarm, a master alarm database and many times this will actually be, if it doesn't exist already, will be created as part of the alarm rationalization process, and it'll be a good reference for the future. 
it, what it essentially is is a record of each alarm's key aspects, details such as what's the cause uh, for that alarm, what's the consequences of it occurring, uh, it, it, what's the, the expl explanation of what the set point is, uh, and, and, and a really important one, what's the recommended operator action to take when that occurs, and how long do they have to do that? So all these things are, are stored in that master alarm database. And, and then also important during this whole process is, is to find out what uh, operators are facing today with your alarm management. Uh, it's important to get a good understanding of what, what they're dealing with. Are there standing alarms? Um, are there, do they have any feedback about redundant alarms or alarm floods? You know, some of these things that Ethan had mentioned earlier. Are there any current alarms that they don't think that they need? Uh, and is the current guidance that they have on handling alarm situations adequate? So once you've gone through this process, collected all that information, done the alarm rationalization, uh, the end user should be in a good position to implement process event analysis, uh, which as we mentioned earlier, is an important step for the ongoing monitoring and assessment phase of the alarm management lifecycle mentioned in these standards. And, and next after that, educate yourself on the tools that are available on the market and evaluate and test their capabilities and see what works best for you. Well, there you have it. Some really good advice on how to get started on alarm management and process event analysis. And in the notes, the show notes, we will be including some links to some resources. So if you want to go educate yourself on some of the topics that we talked about, then you have an opportunity to do so. I want to thank you, Ethan and Don, for participating in today's episode. Before we wrap up, though, are there any concluding comments? Sure, I'll start off. Um, if you think about today's plant environment, the people responsible for keeping the plant running smoothly and efficiently often find themselves spread more and more thin and starting to wear many hats. In many situations, there just isn't the manpower anymore to take on vital system improvements like this without the help of digitalization. Process event and analysis tools help alleviate a lot of the manual effort that would typically go into identifying these impactful areas of improvement. This data is already there in most process control systems. It's just not currently being taken advantage of without the help of more intelligent analytics tools. Yeah, I guess what I'll add, Jonas, is uh, there, there are a number of digitalization use cases that, that can be addressed with data analytics tools for generally a pretty low investment of time, a low investment of people uh, effort, and also a low investment of money. Many times you can cover these uh, types of uh, tools with an OPEX budget versus a CAPEX, CAPEX budget, for example, and they can result in a pretty rapid ROI. Um, some other examples would be things like control valve monitoring, and, and we, we talked about that on an earlier episode. Uh, another one would be control performance analysis. And what this means is looking at how well the DCS control loops are running. And maybe that's, we haven't covered that previously. Maybe that's one we can cover in a future episode. A process event analysis that we talked about today would, would also fall into this group. Uh, they're all ways of maximizing the value of your existing control system with minimal effort. And definitely would encourage you to, to check them out. Thank you to both of you for those closing remarks. And thanks again for being on the show, especially to you, Ethan, being the new guy on the block. And thanks to you as well, Don, for your guest role today. And that essentially brings us to the end of today's episode of Digitalization Tech Talks. But remember, if you should have any questions about alarm management or process event analysis, please feel free to email either Don or Ethan directly. As always, we are including both of their emails in the show notes as well and we're always open to your comments your thoughts your feedback on the show or the topics so please feel free to reach out we would love to hear from you 
And then lastly, of course, help spread the word by rating the show and make sure to subscribe so you're in the loop when new episodes are released. So thank you very much for listening to this episode of Digitalization Tech Talks.